the What I Watch Tonight show. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the What I Watch Tonight show. My name's Matt Hudson and I am the man behind the site whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. In these episodes, I'm going to be chatting to a guest that specialises in film reviewing or critiquing and just putting some of our questions to them, finding out more about the work that they do and of course talking some movies because that's what we're here for. On today's show, I'm pleased to be joined by Zach Mansbury from The Movie Take. Zach, how on earth are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How are you? I'm good. It's late at night here in uh, jolly old England, so this may end up being the uh, midnight movie talk show. We may need your best soothing late night radio voice if possible. It's like our nice afternoon talk here in Pennsylvania. What's about to say? Whereabouts, whereabouts in Pennsylvania are you calling from? I'm just south of Pittsburgh. Nice. I have family in Pittsburgh, so I know the area fairly well. It is one nice city. And I also and I also follow the ice hockey team for about twenty five years, twenty odd years now. So, yeah, they're worth following recently. Yeah, at the minute they are. They've only just started picking up in the last few in the last few weeks. So, so uh, happy about that. Going for the uh, going for the three. Yeah, I hope so. The three peak. Sorry, hopefully two. Um, so movies aside, what else do you get up to? What else do you do with your days? Well, I play some soccer. I mostly just try and keep ahead on schoolwork right now. In my junior year. Nice. And how um, can I ask how that's going? That's going pretty well. That's it's a lot to take on, but trying to keep after it here. And in terms of soccer, then yes, I'm a, I'm an Englishman. I do indeed enjoy soccer. Are you an MLS fan, Premier League fan? Um, I used to be a bigger fan. Now it's mostly just FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good. I do try to try to play FIFA, but. To be honest, actually, I think I'm better at computer games than I am actually playing soccer, so you're probably a hell of a lot better than I am. Oh, I don't know. The FIFA is where my game sticks, pretty much. That's that's for sure. I'm, I'm still going to think you're better than I am. <laughs> um, looking at, looking at, your, at your Twitter and your socials, uh, am I going to guess right that you are a comic book movie fan? A huge one, absolutely. That's mostly what I've written about on the website. That's what tr- piqued me. And the top five that you compiled for your website is solid and I can't disagree with your number one choice. Yeah, I it got close at the top there with uh, The Dark Knight and Logan really. I mean those two are such dominant movies now. Logan was a movie that surprised me last year because I was slightly I was slightly wary about the trailers only because I'm the first person to say that comic book movies follow a similar kind of trend to each other, especially DC. Um but then when I saw the Logan trailer, and it was all black and white, it had Johnny Cash, and it's very gloomy and sad. I remember thinking, what the hell is this? Then I saw the movie, and it blew me away. It really gave something new to the genre. Finally, a subgenre, almost. Exactly, and then previous to that, so you had Deadpool, which was another rated R film, but you could probably, probably class as the complete opposite to Logan, in terms Absolutely. of tone. Except, I like that uh, Deadpool gives it Almost a romance in it. Yes, it's actually quite. A, it's a good romance. It's a believable romance as well. It is. It it feels so much more than just a comic book movie in that sense. Yeah, and obviously with the uh, way that uh, the Ryan Reynolds has written it, it's completely different from the ones that came before it. And I'm looking forward now 
because of that to Deadpool 2 and hoping that they can carry it on slightly more and get too carried away by trying to replicate the first film. And we're getting Cable. Yes, we are getting Cable. Josh Brolin is Cable. Josh Brolin, he's going to be pretty busy soon. The Avengers and Deadpool. You've got Infinity War coming up. You're a huge comic book movie fan. What are you thinking? Ooh, I think I think people are going to die. I'm a little <laughs> yeah. worried. I think the trailer the trailer's giving that the way slightly. Do you, are you are you at all worried that, that there's going to be too much going on because they've literally got everybody in the film, or are you confident that Marvel is going to carry on doing what they seem to be doing? I got so nervous before Civil War that it was going to be too much. That one trailer, it's all them at the airport scene. Yeah. That turned out to be the best scene in the movie. It's probably one of the best scenes in the comic book genre. Absolutely. The way that they made it a personal story still for Captain America is astounding. And I think a lot of people don't realise that about comic book films is that, yes, there are people running around in flashy costumes and whatnot, but at the root of it, there are some genuinely very good stories, especially uh, Winter Soldier. Absolutely, that's certainly one of my favourites. I think that was in your top five as well, if I remember off the top of my head. Number five, actually, yeah. And Venom, I noticed that you said you were intrigued now after the trailer, after being slightly sceptical. What was it about that trailer that, that that made you change your mind somewhat? Initially, I was disappointed in their announcements because they kept on saying how they were going to try and force it in separate from the current iteration of spider-man and that worried me because all i had seen up until this point was basically failure from sony Mm -hmm. in their amazing spider-man 2 coming off of such a great reboot with the first amazing spider-man i was excited i was incredibly excited for that sequel and then they went and they just ruined it (laughs) I mean, they sure, there were certain scenes that I thought were well done. And I still like Andrew Garfield. But I just, I couldn't get past some of the garbage in that movie. I think that film is universally listed as the worst of the Spider-Man films from, from any iteration. Although that, uh, that Spider-Man 3 of the Sam Raimi trilogy gives it a run for its money. When you consider what they, they, they turned him into that, what, what that... It was the emo, the dance, the, oh, the dance he did in the middle of the film, yeah. And James Franco's character talking about Pi, and how and Sandman, and how badly they actually used Venom in that film. Uh, emo Spider Man. <laughs> emo Spider Man. That's right. I remember watching that in the cinema, and I thought, I remember thinking, is this real? Is this the same person who directed the first two? Uh, but sadly enough, it was real when I was watching it. <laughs> it feels like a joke. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the people, a lot of the reviews I've seen about the Venom trailer have been, I say they use the word complaining, but this is the internet we're talking about, complaining about the lack of, you know, actually seeing Venom or the symbiote. Did that bother you at all? Actually, I was pretty happy with that choice. Because I was worried that they would in a sense, show too much. Yep. However, the movie is, I believe, coming out in October, so I doubt they have much ready as far as Venom scenes. Apparently, well, as far as I'm aware, they haven't actually finished shooting. So that what they kind of cobbled something together for the Super Bowl um, to actually try and appease fans or make them happy. And it turns out that not a lot of them were, but 
I do. I actually like the trailer. I like the fact that it was a teaser trailer and it teased the film without giving everything away. We've got there's a whole film coming out soon called Venom, which is going to have Venom through in it. For me, that's good enough. I'd rather wait till the film comes out to actually see the transformation. Absolutely, and I feel like that's a term that people get confused anymore with teaser trailer, trailer, and it's probably because we have thirty different variations of a trailer before a movie anymore. And you have teasers for a teaser. And you have advertisements for the trailer before a trailer. Yeah, you get those little five-second clips that you'll see before the trailer even starts. <laughs> it makes no sense. Exactly. Um, and I'm looking forward to Tom Hardy because I'm a big fan of his work anyway. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with Eddie Brock. Absolutely. Having looked at your, having read your reviews, um, I, I find them nicely structured and they're easy to read. Uh, they get to the point uh, and they're separated easy enough to get across what you're trying to say. What is it that you bring to your reviews that makes them unique or, you know, particularly readable? I guess it's just my opinion, really, is that there's a certain uniqueness that I think needs to come in reviews. I didn't start out thinking that I would want to be your typical guy that starts a Twitter account and kind of quotes his own favorite Twitter, his own favorite critics, yeah. just to try and imitate rather than being your own voice. And I felt that that's something that I really needed to stress in my own. Like I, through my personal experiences, certain movies hit me in a different way. In the way that I saw after Logan came out, a lot of people emphasized that to them, it may have hit them at a certain point in their life, that they could relate more to the way that he is aging. He's not able to do what he used to. And it's really hitting him like that. So a lot of people could relate that may be at that point in their life. Not me, I guess, but a lot of people that had come out and said that. And to me, it hit me less of that impact just because, heck, I thought it was a good movie. But I like to think that my reviews just bring my own experiences together and culminate into some form of my opinion. As you say. Keeping your own opinion is the only way you're going to stay true to what you believe. And also, it, people can, I, th I think it's quite easy to tell when someone isn't being totally honest. But from what I, what I read, I, the last one of yours I read uh, was The Commuter. And I enjoyed that because I think it ends up with basically saying, if you want to watch an intelligent film, go and watch The Post. If you want a bit of fun, just watch this film because that's all you're going to get. And it perfectly summed up. And I thought that was uh, really well done. Thank you. That was... My favorite review that I've written, actually, just because not necessarily the extreme quality of the movie, but <laughs> I just, that's the type of movie that I feel like I grew up on, because I would watch movies with my dad, and we'd just sit down, find some movie out of the $5 bin, and just watch some action movie. Something Sometimes. like that. And Sometimes it's the best place to find a good movie as well. Exactly. Because you'll just find, it may not be a an incredibly compelling story. It might have a bunch of plot holes, but it's just fun. And that's what movies are about. Sometimes it's nice to sit down and just watch Liam Neeson tank his way through an entire train of people using a guitar as a weapon and everything. Absolutely. That's the best kind of movie. <laughs> exactly. When is it never fun to watch Liam Neeson fight people? Exactly. If he had only done that in the Star Wars prequels, then it may have fixed those. <laughs> yeah. Are you a fan of the Star Wars prequels? You've mentioned it now. I am not a fan of the prequels. Although I'll give Revenge of the Sith a slight pass 
and call it a decent to good movie. I think I think episode three usually gets a bit of a pass from people, whereas the first two, <sighs> yeah. The first one is one of, in my opinion, one of the most disappointing movies I've ever seen. Oh, I'd echo that. I remember going to see it when it came out, and I think I was only about 13 13 years old. And I I still remember to this day coming out thinking, well, that was weird. Because I'd seen all the other, the old, the original trilogy, thinking that, you know, they're, you know, generally held up as classics or at least very good movies. And they've got that certain look and a certain vibe. And I remember coming out of Phantom Men thinking, what the hell have I just watched? It just doesn't make sense. Who is this floppy-eared Jamaican guy? Yeah. Oh, it's Jar Jar. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that sort of digressed off into the prequels there. I seem to do that quite a lot. I don't mind them too much, but yeah, they don't stand up in terms of actual quality filmmaking. They would probably be in the $2 bargain bin. Absolutely. If there's anything so cheaper than that. <laughs> yeah. You obviously say you mentioned earlier on about people thinking about other critics. Are there any particular critics that you follow or or trust their word? I've actually, whenever I was twelve years old, I believe, I discovered my favorite critic that I still follow today with John Campia. I also watch him on YouTube. What what is it about Campia that that uh, that you believe you can follow him? He has just always felt very genuine to me. I always felt like he was telling exactly how he felt unapologetically. And that's something that I really appreciate and I try to follow in. And just giving a straight-up opinion, tell you exactly why, tell you maybe a counter-argument as to why maybe somebody else shouldn't feel that way. And I just, I feel like that's the best way to present your arguments. Yep, and I've vividly remember him being on the Star Wars show they, they host and pretty much just <laughs> disagreeing with everything that was thrown at him simply because that's how we felt. He wasn't going to go on the show and just say, well, I'm on a Star Wars show. I'm going to agree with everything because I'm a you know fanboy. He was honest and I like that. And, and watching his videos recently, he still is. Absolutely, yes. And I really like what he did with AMC Movie Talk as it started and Collider Movie Talk as it became. I love who he brought there. Who I love the Schmoes No guys. Um, and honestly, I had found Jeremy Johns before he started on Collider. And at that point, whenever they announced that he would be on there for a little bit, even though it only lasted about a year, mm-hmm. that to me is one of the greatest crossovers I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. He'd always be tired on the shows, but yeah. Yeah. It was a little early for him, I guess, but. Yeah. Going into just in general movies now, what movie would you say has left, for whatever reason, the biggest impression on you? Well, I obviously, Star Wars has made a huge impact on me, but I guess something a little off of that, a little more personal, would be whenever I was little, I saw, probably too young, but I saw the movie (laughs) The Rock. It's Sean Connery, Nick Cage, and it turned out that at that point, the Stars channels on TV, they played that movie almost (laughs) 24-7. So little me would just watch that movie all day on repeat, because I loved it. Everything from the soundtrack to how incredibly awesome I thought Sean Connery was, 
just everything about it. I loved it. Ed Harris, a great villain, great action, great soundtrack. I just things blowing up. That's how you make a movie. <laughs> and it was and it was the glory days of Michael Bay as well. Yeah, before all this Transformers bullcrap. And it's Nicolas Cage again, also back in back in his heyday when he was just releasing things like Face Off, The Rock, Connor, but The Rock. I similar to you. I remember watching it when I was probably too young as well. My brother used to watch it. And I used to absolutely love it. And like I say, Sean Connery is awesome in that film. He is. It's hard to find Sean Connery not being awesome in some variation, but man, <laughs> does he kill it in that movie. I like the fact that it's, it's just, it's literally just all action. There's little, it's just little in the way of humour. It's a straight up thriller, violence. Absolutely. And that that's a movie, man, that, it's getting kind of old now, but I think it still holds up. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a while, but um, I watched, I mean, speaking of, I watched Face Off more recently, and that kind of got me thinking about Nick Cage's old film, so The Rock is definitely one I'm going to revisit, partly because you mentioned it, and secondly, because it's also bloody good. And I, Nick Cage, man, his career, it, it's been sad lately. It <laughs> nosedived. And he was in a film recently called Mum and Dad. Um, and if you ever get a chance to watch it, don't. <laughs> I'll be sure to avoid it. It wasn't that good. It certainly wasn't anywhere near as good as The Rock. I know one of his most re- recent ones that I've actually given a chance was, uh, I think it was Drive Angry was the name of it. Uh, I've it heard was... of it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, man, do not. <laughs> it's a disaster. Yeah. So far, we've just traded films that we shouldn't be wa- we shouldn't watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think he drank blood out of the devil's head or something in that movie. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> That makes me now actually, actually more want to see the film. It, it comes out of nowhere. but Or maybe that was another one that I just got it confused with, but I know it was him. It sounds like something, it sounds like something you do, and it sounds like something I'm immediately going to YouTube once I, <laughs> once I hang up. That's worth it. Nick Cage, Devil Head Drink. So on the night, obviously you've mentioned that on The Rock, what a, and you've also mentioned Star Wars, of course, and and the uh, the CBM comic book movies. Do you have any other favourite flicks you kind of go to movies? Um, another one that I have to say made a big impression on me from a young age was uh, Back to the Future, the whole trilogy. Yes. A lot of people throw shade at the two sequels, but I personally, I hold those up too. I think it's one of the best trilogies of all time. It certainly is. I was speaking to somebody the other day about Back to the Future 3. And I mentioned what you've just said, that that usually kind of gets a bit of a bad rap. But he was kind of convincing and, and telling me that actually it holds up as a pretty damn good Western movie. Uh, and upon, if you go back and watch it, it actually may be better than you remember. But I can't argue with Back to the Future. See, for me, whenever I was little along with the $5 action movies, the Western genre really hit me. And it was probably weird because I'm just... This little kid that for some reason loves these quiet movies that you get Clint Eastwood riding up and shooting one guy, riding up to another, doing the same thing. <laughs> Just see that for another several sequels. But I loved the third Back to the Future. For many years, it, I'd probably put it next to, if not higher, than the first Back to the Future, well, which I think I've since calmed that opinion a little bit, but I still would argue that that is a great, great trilogy, and I think the third one holds up for sure. The point I started this podcast was to kind of speak more with like-minded people like yourself, 
uh, and to sort of yeah, uh, get more opinion on movies and get help people with their advertise their work. All I've done recently though is get recommendations on what to watch, <laughs> i.e. The Rock. I haven't seen Back to the Future three in I don't know how many years, but the second person in three or four days now who said actually, you know, it's a pretty damn good film, and if you're going to rate it almost as high as the first one. I kind of feel like I'm missing out by not re-watching it. Yeah, I think it is certainly worth it. I always remember the first one. Uh, the second, I, I like the second one. I, I did enjoy it. It's not as good as the first one. But I, I, I didn't have a problem with that film at all. I mean, I think everything about those from Johnny B. Good to just... I mean, I love the character of Doc, for one thing. <laughs> I wish that I could have that man in my life. Just, just a guy to go to that he's a little off, but I'd still go to him with random questions. Just see what he's up to. Keep things interesting. And where we're going, we don't need roads. Absolutely. <laughs> what's the What's the worst movie that you've ever reviewed then? Well, see, that's sort of the problem with where I am right now and really early stages, I guess, of my critic stuff. But I think the worst one that I've actually done a formal review of is probably Justice League. I could agree with that. And I feel bad because I actually kind of got a kick out of the movie. I I thought it was better than a lot of people did. Certainly better than Batman vs. Superman. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I didn't... Yeah, I'm one of those people who watched Justice League and just... I almost tore my eyes out. <laughs> part, of that, part of that was because you had... You've got Batman... Wonder Woman has just come off her own very good film. Uh, Superman, Aquaman, Cyborg. Everybody, you've got these massive superheroes in one film, almost like the the holy tri- triumvirate of them, and they somehow managed to make it a bad film. It's a wonder. That's that's what I thought after Batman versus Superman, just because you get those two iconic characters, you'd think they would make sure they aren't going to screw it up. But somehow <laughs> they find a way. So Justice League, what was it in particular that you that would sort of rank it that far down? Let's see. Um, I mean, I feel like I didn't feel that compelled by the character of Cyborg for one thing. He didn't really hit it for me, and then along with that, I think they kind of ruined what they had going with Batman because I think he was probably the best part of Batman versus Superman, just yep. Ben Affleck's version of him there but then they kind of changed the character it was like they they took it to heart whenever people would say well i want a cheerier dceu i want more like marvel and they gave in and there went batman because he's just not that kind of character he's meant to be dark he's meant to be gritty like that but they kind of took him away with his cheesy, what was the line to or about Superman? Like oh, I missed him or something like that. Yes, it. Yes, it. And it just that ruined it. I was so mad. But all in all, I still enjoyed the Flash at least, and I thought Aquaman was pretty cool. Hopefully, they don't screw that up too. I'm looking forward to that at the end of the year. I've got a feeling that that's gonna. Um... It's, it's not going. I don't. I, I, oh God! I, I'm going to go on the record now. I'm not comparing it to Black Panther, but I've got a feeling it's going to feel like that in terms of having more of a contained story that's actually 
quite good. I mean, Black Panther was more than quite good. But it, it, in terms of that, it was quite contained. It was only sort of set in that one nation. And, so, and I think Aquaman, that's going to be set. You know, it's, I don't think it's going to be too big of a film. And I think it's going to benefit from that. I think they should honestly strive to go for that Black Panther formula now because that's sort of what the character is like in his space underwater there. I mean, he should kind of have a world-building part of the movie that you kind of go into it and you learn more about not only the character but his society, how things work, get some more character development in there. That's how they should start it off. They should, and... On, on, just quickly on the DC DCEU, there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, they've, come on, guys, reboot it, get rid of it, delete it, make a new one." What do you think? Do you think they should just carry on and just hope for gold, or do you think they should erase it and start again? Who uh, they on the spot? They, there. Have, <laughs> they have dug a hole that it's tough to get out of. So if I had to make a call there, I'd say reboot. I think that's all you got left. I mean. If you got Justice League failing at the box office, and I realize it made a good bit, but that how much did it really profit whenever you've got those characters? I mean, that should be like joining the $2 billion club. I have no doubt if you get those characters in a movie, there's no excuse. No excuse to do what it did at the box office. No, and I think Infinity War is going to be quite a good barometer and I know it un- might be unfair to say that because the two studios are wildly different in terms of quality, uh, output and money made. However, Infinity War is kind of, or even just in terms of Civil War, that was that, that, that got all of the main Marvel characters together for the most part anyway. And it made a lot of money and they managed to make a good film out of it. And obviously DC got all of the, their main heroes together and managed to make a bad film out of it. So... um. Again, Infinity War, I've got a feeling we'll just kind of show them how they could do an ensemble cast with these massive personalities. Absolutely. I mean, Marvel has set such a perfect track record at this point. Well, not perfect, I guess, but they have done it to the point that it should be like this golden example for DC. And I'm not saying that they need to make their characters the exact same, but maybe just try and look at what they're doing right. I guess. Look at how they're not too focused on the villain, which I find disappointing in a lot of the movies, but if it's working, you got to try something. Yeah, I don't think there's any any harm or any shame in looking at another studio's formula and making it work, because I've heard a lot of commentators say that, obviously, if Marvel succeeds, then surely that's going to help DC, because comic book fans are going to want to see more comic book movies. But obviously, they then got to make good movies to, to do that, so there's no harm, I don't think, in taking elements of the Marvel format and sort of blending it into their own. Yeah, using that winning formula. I mean, you have to. While maintaining their voice, I guess, is what I'd call it. But I just... Ah, I'm disappointed. And I would be I would be remiss to mention Justice League and not mention the probably the most crucial part of the film, just to get your opinion on this. It's a big part. Henry Cavill's moustache. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. I was, ah, I kept on hearing about it, and then I thought, oh, well, maybe it can't be that bad, can it? And it, it's that bad. <laughs> it's probably some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. 
I mean, that villain, you can't have a villain that looks that stupidly animated. Like, he looked like a cutscene. Yeah, he did. It looked that when, was it Steppenwolf? Um, yeah. Yeah, when when he came on, it yeah, it looked like I was playing on PS4. The loading screen came up, and it's just come with a cinematic cut screen. It was awful. He's just a bad villain in he that just, movie. He just didn't look natural. And I get that isn't exactly something that we can say should look natural, <laughs> but there are those basic elements of just facial structure, but just the movements. Just a little less robotic, almost. If, if Rogue One managed to bring... Peter Cushing and Tarkin back from the dead. I'm sure they could have done something slightly better with an anima- a, 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 sorry, a new uh, cinematic villain's face. Yeah, absolutely. That was impressive. I was blown away by that. In terms of Tarkin, I remember watching it at the cinema. and The first shot, I think he's looking out the window over the Death Star. And he can kind of see his reflection in the window. And I remember thinking, that's all they're going to do. And he turned around and I sat forward in the chair and thought, wow. And I, I had friends that... They didn't believe that that wasn't a real person. To be able to do that with somebody who you know, people, if if you know the films, you know who Peter Cushing is or Tarkin, you know what he looks like. Absolutely. So to be able to have people be convinced that that's actually him, but not make a villain in a superhero film look remotely believable, that's quite unforgivable. Absolutely. Because, I mean, a, a comic book villain, you don't even, he doesn't look like a human. We don't have any, like, oh, I can relate to that look. Or anything. I mean, if you're trying to make a human, there's so many things that go into that. Especially one again, yeah, that people know what he looks like as well. But yeah, but just especially to, just to throw that. out there, I do actually like the DC films for the most part. Actually, before they created this DCU, I think the Dark Knight trilogy is the perfect way to make a comic book film. And like you, the Dark Knight is my favourite comic book film for many reasons. But I do like the DC output. I'm just disappointed in the, how they utilise the characters, and how they haven't got that that voice which they so desperately need. Yeah, I mean, I I actually, I would say I'm a pretty big fan of Man of Steel, for one, and I would go to the length to say that I don't mind Suicide Squad that much. I didn't mind Suicide Squad, I think in my out of ten rated, I think I gave it a seven, because it's a fun film, it's got a lot of flaws, again, some of the CGI is awful. And the um, sort of the hordes of mass villains that, that Deadshot just seems to take out at, ran- at will, kind of yeah. lacked any kind of threat. I feel like Enchantress fell pretty flat as far as a villain could go, but but I was still happy with the movie. I thought it was okay. Um, I thought the character was good. I thought Harley Quinn was very good, Marco Robbie. Absolutely, I think she was probably the best part, next to Will Smith. Honestly, it, it was weird seeing him do something good lately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw, I don't know if you've seen Bright, but one of the main things I took out of that was pretty much that Will Smith's looking a bit old now. That's about all I can say in that film. But I like Wonder Woman as well from the DC um, stable. I thought that was a good film. Yeah, it's weird. I almost forget that that's even part of it. It's on a whole nother level. Because it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't even recognise it as part of the family. No, but again, hopefully Aquaman can kind of steady the ship somewhat. Uh, and then from there on they can maybe sort themselves out a bit more. Absolutely, yeah. So what was the last film that you watched then? It was actually just the other day, and and I mean, I know a lot of bigger fans would probably be disappointed in me for my movie knowledge here, but for the first time I watched High Fidelity. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
I was a pretty big fan. It's a well-made movie. It's one of those movies, again, you've probably heard of, heard about quite a lot, but, you know, it's never too late to pick up a good film. Yeah, it was one that I knew I had heard people talk about how great Jack Black's performance and things like that are in the movie, and, and I decided, finally, yeah, I might as well check that one out. And I was very satisfied. It was, it was a neat kind of romantic comedy there. Not exactly the traditional, like, that same stupid formula that you typically see and just boy likes girl, girl doesn't like boy, some kind of tragedy, girl miraculously likes boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you summed up the rom-com genre there. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always some big, some big accident or something that happens and, oh no, it's impossible, and then somehow it comes around, but this... It was a different formula for this one, I guess. It mixed it up. So I think it's it's the it's John Cusack, isn't it? And he's uh he's yeah. sort of going over his favorite, or sorry, his his uh top five breakups. Yeah. Um, and obviously the one he's going through. And I think huge credit to Jack Black for that movie, because that I know I've seen plenty of different people saying that that's that would be his breakout performance, and I tend to agree. I mean, I thought he was great in that. From I mean, he went from that to voicing animated pandas. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty big step in the right direction, I guess. And with with tenacious D in the, in between. Yeah, of course. You can never forget. And I mean, it's got. I mean, I think Catherine Seeger Jones is in it. Tim Robbins from who I know best, and most people from the Shawshank Redemption. It's got a very yeah. good cast to it. Absolutely. I just it's it's fun. It's not one that you have to really think about not one that you have to identify major themes or anything it's just just a good movie so it's one that if you're going to review that you're definitely going to recommend it all absolutely i i was actually writing my review earlier today awesome well we can look out for that then absolutely awesome well um it can be quite tough this question but i like asking it because i'm not the one who has to answer it if you could take one movie and save it forever but knowing that every other film in history is going to be deleted. What film are you saving and why? See, my first thought on this one would be Star Wars, except there's the difficulty in picking just one. So instead, I would probably have to elect with The uh, the Rock. <laughs> I've awesome. seen that. I feel like I've seen that movie at least 50 times, and I could watch it another 50 and be... Still into it, still pumped. I mean, that it's an excellent movie. Well, excellent, maybe not, but entertaining, I guess, is the best word for it. I'll go as far as to say it's bloody, it's very good. It's a damn good film. And it is one of those films, I guess, you could just watch it, just sit down and just get lost in it and just enjoy it. Sean Connery, Nick Cage, just trying to get off the island or stop the threat on the island and just blowing things up. Absolutely. I mean, that movie, it its story isn't anything new it isn't mind-boggling or anything it just you turn your brain off and have a good time that's what i need so sort of exactly sometimes that's all you want from a movie just to sit down and chill out and watch sean connery kick the hell out of people exactly sometimes i don't need this thought-provoking movie like that's what i said in my review of the commuter sometimes you just need liam neeson beating some people up sometimes you just need sean connery being awesome <laughs> but it's right though Right, that's what cinema's all about. It's not just for the art house indie flicks. It's also a place for old men beating people up. 
Absolutely. Not every movie has to be the Titanic. It's, it can be something something neat, something super fun there. Like The Rock. Absolutely. And I think fun is the word to use for movies like that. And I think that's one that I used when describing Justice League. Because it, it doesn't need to be necessarily a movie that you're going to sit there and champion these great lead actors or anything like one of my favorite actors whenever I was little was Jason Statham and that's not because he's got this mad talent it's because every movie that he's in is just entertaining he's a good old English guy so I side with you on that (laughs) absolutely I'm pretty pumped he's got that movie The Meg coming out I think a couple months I think it comes out in the UK next month March I think so I'd imagine it'll be similar to the US I'm looking forward to that because I think that's going to be probably the the movie this year to switch off and just enjoy. Absolutely. Jason Statham taking on a 200-foot dino shark. And who doesn't love that premise? I mean, it's absolutely insane. Exactly. If you don't like it, switch off. Now, we don't want you here. <laughs> exactly. Another question which, again, can sometimes throw up a few strange answers, but uh, they're going to make a movie about Zack, apparently. Who's playing you? This is one that I struggle to come up with an answer myself. So I actually asked a friend of mine, and he said uh, he said the one that I sound like, I guess, and I guess maybe have some mannerisms similar to, is Jay Baruchel. Yes, I know Jay Baruchel. And I guess I can see it to a degree, kind of almost an underdog kind of story. Uh, last, the last film of his I saw was Goon, the ice hockey film. I'm not sure if you've seen that. I have. That's that's my image of Jay Baruchel at the minute. <laughs> I I think his best work is always whenever he's that side character, I think, for one thing. And and I love him in uh, Misses the End. That's a, yep. one of those movies you can turn off your brain for. And you would probably want to. Or uh, She's Out of My League. There's another one that he's in. I believe he's I actually. I forgot he was even in that. I think he he may be the lead for that. That's the thing of Kirk, yeah. Yeah. Well, that shows I completely forgotten about that film. <laughs> it's forgettable, I guess, but entertaining. He's in Tropic Thunder, I think, as well. Yeah, you know, knocked up and that kind of thing. He's that guy that you'll you may not remember his name in movies, but you might remember that he was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and certainly in a film like Goon, you can't really forget that he's there. Yeah, and that one. Did you see the sequel to Goon? I did see the sequel to Goon because I'm a big high hockey fan. Um, um, and I still worship at the feet of Slapshot, the movie. But um, I really I, I really loved Goon. I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was a really good comedy. But it did also have some quite nice, I don't want to say serious moments. But I thought Sean William Scott was really good in his relationship with uh, his, his, his girlfriend. But the second one, I... I it wasn't as good as the first one, but I still enjoyed it. I got about 15 minutes into it, and I, I just I haven't finished it yet, but that's one. It's a lot to take at one time, I guess. There's a certain level of stupidity, honestly, that comes with that movie. It doesn't get, I suppose, if, if when you're going through it, it doesn't get any more. The second one doesn't get any more or any less stupid, in fact, as it goes on gets even more ridiculous and the final sort of the end the main showdown bit is just as over the top as you can probably imagine and i guess that's 
it's the only reason I go to that first movie. So I guess it's worth th- seeing the second one. And I love Leaf Leaf Striper in that first one. Yeah, they keep it entertaining. Exactly. Are you an ice hockey fan? Just to chuck it out there. I'll watch a little more in the playoffs, I guess, than I will throughout the season. But I consider myself a Pens fan. I only ask because of your location. Yeah, it's certainly relevant here. Absolutely, you're a lucky man. In the past um, two years. Well, yeah, not. But uh, well, they've been they've been fairly good for the for a few years before that. But it's yeah, then they went through for the one well, in the last decade. Ugh, that was some tough times. <laughs> with Crosby and Malkin signing, it's only gone up and up and up since. Yeah, we are certainly lucky for them. Um, I was going to throw this one at you because I'm in a fun mood to throw questions at you, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to answer this one. This year, we have got, in reverse order, in terms of comic book movies, you've got Aquaman, you've got X-Men Dark Phoenix, Venom, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Deadpool 2, and obviously Avengers Infinity War. Which one are you most looking forward to? Which one do you think will actually be the best film? I actually completely forgot about the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie, but I do not think it's going to be the best one. <laughs> I'd say... I remembered because I had a list in front of me. <laughs> that one I completely forgot that it's coming out this year. You've also got the story that Alita Battle Angel as well, I think. That's That's another one that I'd say I'm... Not looking forward to, but especially <laughs> after that trailer, that it's just oh, too many complaints about that. And it's been pushed back about seven months, so yeah. But, um, I'd say as far as the one I expect to be the best, I'd probably give that to Avengers Infinity War because mm-hmm. I mean, they and I'd say probably the one that I'm most looking forward to. It just there's so much riding on this as far as. Everything coming together. Ten years. It's insane. That's incredible. There's so much that has gone into this. And I mean, I've become such a fan of every movie. The credibility that they have established for this entire MCU. I mean, they took Ant-Man. Possibly the dumbest idea of a character. And they made that a really good movie. They took Paul Rudd shrunk him down, and he's still awesome. That blows my mind, which is, I guess, another reason why I'm pretty excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp. But, uh, yeah, I'd say Infinity War is probably, in my opinion, going what I'm expecting to be the best. And luckily, it's also the one that's coming out the the soonest, the nearest. Absolutely. That whole month of May, is it, that that comes out? Uh, it come. It's been moved to April. I know it comes out. I think it comes out in the UK a few days or a, week, a few days before. It comes out at the very end of April over here. So I think it's the like the first or second of May over there. Man, I'm jealous. <laughs> but it, I mean, yeah, you're right. You've got Avengers: Infinity War. You've got Solo, Deadpool two. I mean, they're all coming out within what, three, three, four weeks of each other. Yeah. And after that, in June, you've got uh, Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom, so there's, there's certainly a hell of a lot of good films, or big films coming out in the next few months. I'm, oh, I'm a little worried about Jurassic World, though. What did you think of the trailer? I, um, I thought the trailers were decent, but it felt like they were giving us a bit much. I'm a little worried that they're giving away too many scenes that it looks like they would be more fun 
just seeing them in the movie. Yeah, but I've already given away the fact there's going to be a third film in this trilogy. <laughs> the other day, That's I think true. It. That is a habit in Hollywood right now that I have had enough of. I'm done with this. Let's just announce 30 million sequels. And I mean, I, I'm afraid I sound like I'm just hating on Hollywood here, but that's one thing that has been going on too much lately. I mean, when that film Bright on Netflix came out, before it came out, they'd already said there's going to be a sequel. Yeah, and I'm sure they had some serious meetings about that after announcing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I know that's not necessarily Hollywood per se, but um, yeah, I bet they kind of wish they hadn't said that after seeing it. Yeah, Netflix really built that one up like it was going to be their next big movie that they would have on there. And all I've heard is that it's decent. It's, well, I didn't like it. But I can see why people would do, but I can also see why a lot of people wouldn't. There's There was a chance to make something pretty good there, and I don't think they executed it well at all. I've heard, and even what I've seen in trailers and stuff, it looks like an interesting premise, just that it, I guess, didn't work. No, I think they, they just, I, I can't, the director's name has completely gone off my head now, but... David um, Ayer, I believe? That's it, David Ayer, Suicide Squad dude. They just went. He just went far too heavy-handed with the kind of political social commentary. It kind of seemed like that was his main aim for the film, rather than actually link, creating a story. And there was lots of different subplots going on, which didn't really uh, tie in all that well. Um, it just didn't flow very well. Joel Edgerton's good in it, though. That's the main orc. It seems like, uh, and I I would expect a good performance out of him, but it seems like in an age where so much political stuff like that is going on in real life. People almost go to the theater more so for a break from that. Yeah. I'd be worried that a movie like that would be almost stressful at that point, just kind of reminding people, oh, here are all the problems going on right now, because <laughs> I view movies as an escape from things like that. No matter what's going on around, you can go to the theater and just get away for a little bit. I think that's a real value to movie going. It's the best part of it, I think, and just because the the antagonist is is dressed up like an orc or was a fairy doesn't make it any it doesn't change the fact that it's still over the top social commentary and yeah. you do want to kind of escape that if you can, which is where films like The Rock, uh The Commuter come into it, because sometimes those kind of films are just what you need for what you've just said for the reasons you've just said. Absolutely. Just a nice break, a nice little trip. An escape. And on, on the subject of Netflix, I mean, I ask quite, I ask, speak to a few people about this quite a lot, but what, I mean, first thing, are you a fan of Netflix, and do you like kind of what they're doing with films like Dropping Cloverfield on the day, and having films like Annihilation, or it's over here on Netflix, compared to having it, having it at the theatre? Do you think having Netflix about is a good thing, basically? I am a huge fan of Netflix for TV, because, I mean... I know that the gimmick almost is that they're going to make their money back on the people that don't use it, which is a good business model, I guess. Yeah. But not on people like me, because <laughs> <laughs> I would watch just about anything on there. But I think for the movie going, it's it's almost scary. I'm worried a little bit. That, I mean, for one thing, they, they haven't really done anything of the highest quality yet. But I think eventually they're, they do, I can't even remember the number of how many movies they're producing this year. 
But it's insane. I want to say about 80, but that may be a... Uh, that's That number's coming to my head that they're going to try and release about 80 films, but it could be 50, 50 60. It's around about that number. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's insane. That's so much. No other studio is doing that kind of business. But I'm I'm just worried that with what they're doing, that it'll take away from theaters, I guess, in the sense of, just I love the that theater going experience. Of course, it's getting stupidly expensive, but I love going to a theater for a movie. And no matter what, I don't know that my living room and no matter how big the TV can get, I don't know that it'll be <laughs> topping going to a theater. Infinity War comes out. It comes out May the fourth. I've just remembered in the states. Infinity War comes out May the fourth in cinemas. Or you can stream it on the TV for $40. What do you do? Ooh, that, ooh that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I, I and you honestly, get to watch it a few times for that price on TV. My immediate thought is I'd still want to see it in a theater. Just yeah. because, I mean, for one thing, I love it on the big screen. I love getting the big popcorn bucket filled. I that just it's the happiest thing to me. And then the excitement of getting a bunch of friends together and going with everybody just to see the movie. That I love that. It's something that I value probably too high by a lot of people's standards, but to me that's something I just love. I think you'll find a lot of people would actually agree with you there. That that's one of the best parts is Getting, getting getting together, meeting at the foyer or in the car, travelling there, getting excited, getting popcorn. What's your favourite popcorn, by the way? I just go with some nice, regular, way-too-buttered popcorn. <laughs> getting a big bucket of way-too-buttered popcorn. Absolutely. Getting, getting in there, smelling the, smelling the cinema, the lights go down, coming out, everyone has a great chat about it. As movie fans, there's not much more you can ask for. Exactly. I mean, I left my probably my best friend that I go see movies with all the time. I left him in charge of buttering the popcorn last time. And That's friendship, we, that is. Exactly. And we walked back into the theater and I stuck my hand in the bucket and I thought, he just drenched this popcorn with butter. <laughs> but I didn't even have a problem with it. Because <laughs> you're at the cinema, you're at the, the theater, what does it matter? The tactic that I've been thinking I need to start trying is actually putting a straw into the bucket and going up from there just to really get that get it all over that bucket i mean that's what you got to do right but we don't we don't get it over here we just have sweet or salted we don't get the option of butter or certainly not that i've seen anyway in any of the cinemas i've been to so wow. uh, we're not so lucky we, we i probably have to take my own butter and pour it all over it wow i i don't know how i could live without that <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting to realize how I, i'm not sure how i have lived without it <laughs> I mean, I, it just, that is almost insane to me. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. But we'll, Probably. Have to start a, we'll have to start a hashtag or something or petition or something. Absolutely. That I mean, that's UK butter. probably much healthier than just drenching it like my friend and I do. But, I mean, wow. That's certainly a foreign concept to me. If it ever happens... Over here, I will, you'll be the first to let. I'll let you know. 
I would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you've got just a, if you've got if anybody, anybody out there's listening or is kind of dilly dallying and whether or not to actually take up movie reviewing for a job, a hobby, or just for plain fun, would you have, would you give them any words of advice? What would you say to them? Or... Well, I, uh, having recently gotten into this, I, um, it was actually a relative of mine that kind of got me started on it because he is a, or at least was recently a film professor in California. And, um, he, I met him for the first time for a memorial service, sadly, but I met him, I think this summer and he was here. And my first thought was, Oh, sweet. I finally get to talk about movies with somebody because my family, I mean, I love them, but I think I annoy them horribly because <laughs> I just don't shut up. That's exactly why I started doing what doing this show. <laughs> but uh, then I would tell him about how much I loved it because I thought, oh, he won't get that annoyed too quickly. So I would talk to him about it for a little bit, and then he suggested, why not start a blog or something? And I thought, you know what? That's a genius idea. So that's, I went home that day, got on Wix.com, the cheapest source I could find, and made myself a little blog. Set up the Twitter, and I wrote one article, I think, I believe it was about Justice League being the most important comic book movie of 2017. We found <laughs> how that actually turned out, but I gave it a shot. And uh, I had him read it. He was very supportive. He really thought that that would be good for me. And I guess I took that to heart. And so I got it all started. And I just think if it weren't for him suggesting that, I don't know that I ever really would have felt pushed to do it. And I think if anybody is thinking about doing this, it to take that advice just to think maybe you just got to give it a shot because it, it, I'm not going for a bunch of people to come on and give me a bunch of subscribers or anything. Or, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I guess if a million people like my stuff, I just, I like to think that there's somebody else out there like me, like you and I, that is thinking, I wonder what, somebody else thought about this movie and maybe they'll check it out. Maybe they'll read my review of the commuter and they'll think, all right, I want to turn my brain off for a little bit and I'll watch Liam Neeson go through a train and kill a bunch of people. <laughs> and maybe they'll love it. Maybe they'll hate it. But if they really love it or hate it, they can start their blog and talk about it too. And then we've got a whole community. And I think that's, I think that's the value in doing this, reaching out and, finding that community and i hope that more people do that because eventually maybe i'll start a podcast and need some guests <laughs> yeah in terms of advice i think you can't really go wrong there go out do it you know you're gonna eventually along the way you're gonna find people like-minded and just rock and roll just go and do it and just just giving that a shot like that yeah yeah well, there's nothing wrong with that so on that note that's we've come to the end that's that for this episode of the what i watch tonight show Thank you so much for coming on today, or tonight, Zach. Um, where can the world find you on the internet? Oh, thank you very much for having me, and uh, you can find me 
very easily on Twitter, just at the movie take, or on my website, themovietake.wixsite.com slash themovietake. Awesome. Thank you. Go check out Zach's movie, Musings, on his site and via social media. Uh, and again, once again, thank you very much for coming on, Zach. Uh, thank you all for listening. And until next time, see ya. <laughs> Okay.